You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go. Enjoy the show. Carsey Questions, Season 2, Courtney Wilson. Hey. Nailed it. Welcome to this week this week's episode of Car Seat Questions. We are here with Courtney Wilson. Hi, Courtney. Hello. Can you tell us a little about who you are, what you do in your family? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Courtney Wilson. I'm the Kids World Pastor at Christ Community Church, which is way out in the suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> I'm like offending Chicagoans. Like into the line, yeah. <laughs> yeah like the metric comes out towards us, so I guess I get to call it that. Um, but I'm the children's pastor at our St. Charles South Elgin campus. I've been here for 11 years, uh, but I'm also a mom. I have four kids. I have a 22-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 13-year-old. So three boys and then a girl. So. Did you ever have them like as a children's pastor? Were you their children's pastor? Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> their children's pastor. Like all of them have commented on that. Like our mom's been our children's pastor too and it's always been like, like kind of thing. it's a moment when i hand them off in the middle school like it's a moment you were just telling us um before we started recording um a story about our son because he is under your care as a children's pastor at our church and you know as parents we just want to hear the story again so can you tell us the story about our child again <laughs> absolutely yeah i walked in the nursery this last sunday and trey was sitting on a volunteer's lap in the nursery and as i walked by he's like mommy like pops up and i think just because i was like adult walking past the window kind of about time <laughs> and someone had told him exactly what time you should be coming back so he was like watching the clock and he had it down he knew exactly what time the big hand needed to be on like what number which is pretty brilliant for his age and uh he i went in and sat down with him and i looked to see like what exact time the service was going to get out and he saw my phone and he grabs my phone and starts like goes straight to the photos and starts scanning through photos <laughs> and like choosing photos that he wanted to see of like my cats and my dog and asking me who people were in pictures. So we sat there and I figured out for a little while and eventually he wanted to read a book and he kind of got stuck over uh, my daughter <laughs> who volunteers in that room and hung out with her read books with her for a while. So. Yes. If there's anything that Trey loves, it's a timer or a clock to know what's happening and looking at pictures, mostly of himself. Yeah. He's kind of full of himself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's okay. <laughs> He's three. So, yeah, we'll give him a, like another like couple of years and then he has to get over that. But, um, so today we want to talk with you about kind of like just all things children's pastor. Ken, what kind of questions do you get? How do you shepherd your tiny flock of sheep at your church and parents? Um, because they're such a huge part of your ministry and your work. Um, it's not just to children, but also to their parents. So like, what are some, maybe what's a question you've gotten in the last month from a kid at church? 
Yeah. Oh, we got lots of questions uh, th- about dinosaurs, which are like a whole episode. So I don't even know <laughs> if I should get into the dinosaur. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do get the dinosaur question a lot. Um, this last week, uh, the question that I got from a kid, which is always like, as a children's pastor, is one of those like crushers. Is there like, why do we have to go to church? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Lots of questions about how do we listen to God, talk to God. Mm. Um, lots of the questions, honestly, that you guys have, have answered on some of the episodes. Questions about heaven, questions about, you know, why are there bad things? Who's the devil? Mm-hmm. A lot of those kinds of things. Yeah. And what would your answer be to someone who asks, why do we have to go to church? Ooh, so the why we have to go to church uh, is usually with kids, it's hard. It's easier to answer with parents, quite honestly, because with parents, it's like, well, there are three or more non-parent adults in your child's life are going to make your child more successful in life. And this is Mm -hmm. a great place to find those people. So that's kind of my like blanket answer for parents. For kids, it is a little harder sometimes because, you know, they don't always see the benefit in Mm -hmm. like the community of faith around them until they're at a certain age and they're looking back and seeing that. And so when a kid asks me, it's usually like, well, this, like, this is fun. And this is when we learn more about Jesus and where, you know, your parents get to go learn more about Jesus and you get to learn more about Jesus. And so we go home and our families should be closer to Jesus because of that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, depending on the age, obviously that answer adjusts a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's fun when you have like fourth and fifth graders, we just did baptisms and we have lots of fourth and fifth graders that mm-hmm. I, I get to meet one-on-one and to answer that question for them to say, you know, when you stand in that, in that tank to be baptized, there are people watching you who have changed your diapers and who have answered your, all of your why questions and have prayed with you and are a part of that decision that you've made. And mm-hmm. so this is exciting that you have been a part of a church and you're declaring your place in the church at this moment. So I think it's easier to answer once they're at that age and they can look back and reflect a little bit. Um, when they're little, it's like, we have really cool toys and we're going to learn about Jesus and sing songs and, you know, do all of those things. Is there like a specific, like maybe age group or range that you find more interesting Right. And maybe the way they ask questions or how they ask the questions. Yeah. I don't, I mean, they ask in such different ways. Like I love to wonder with preschoolers, like when, Mm -hmm. when kids are in preschool, that wonder dial is like just cranked up so high. And it's so fun to just ask all the, I wonder questions and know that their imaginations are wild and they can picture those things. They can put themselves in the situation. They can see um, where that Bible story or where those things that you're talking about really like, they can wonder about all of those things. So I love wondering with preschoolers, but I also love like that concrete nature of like, as you get into elementary and they have those really concrete thoughts. Um, I love as they get fourth and fifth grade and you can kind of wonder in a different way where you can start talking about symbolism and some of those mm-hmm. things. I don't know that I would say there's a favorite age necessarily. I think it's just being able to interact with all of those ages mm-hmm. is exciting and important. Yeah. So a question we got was how, wh- like how and when do you talk about the crucifixion with a child? And I think we can even go into other harder topics that are in scripture too, that are maybe more graphic or even more just weighty? And how do you know 
how far to get into that with your children at different ages? Yeah, I think um, those questions as parents can kind of like unnerve us a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to answer this wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get this wrong. And I think the big thing is to remember, like when they ask those questions, like stop, take a deep breath, uh, know that it's always okay to tell your kids, like, I'll get back to you and mm -hmm. ask your children's pastor or ask someone um, for some input and and what they would, how they'd answer those things. But I think in, in questions like this, some of the gore of the Bible or specifically with the crucifixion, I think it's, it is, approaching it so that you're carefully getting to that place, knowing mm -hmm. that there is no reason to really rush into yeah. that, right? Like there's, there's no reason to tell your three-year-old the gore of the crucifixion. Yeah. Um, there's, it's just not even appropriate. So mm -hmm. um, knowing that that will come, I think sometimes parents are, are passionate about it, but you don't, mm -hmm. you know, you don't run in even and tell your child everything. Like you don't hold them in your arms the first time you have them. And you're like, Hey, let me tell you everything about me. Um, but I'm going to reveal this over time. Your kids are going to get to know you, right? So they love you in that moment and you love them. And then you're going to continue to learn about each other and love each other in a more like dear and near way. And mm -hmm. so when we think about that in terms of faith, we're looking at you know, when they're young, telling them the things that are going to help them learn to love and trust Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, that's the the information that they need to know to, to build and gain that trust relationship. And then as they get older, I mean, we awe and, and wonder at the pain and the, the gore of the crucifixion because mm -hmm. we think, man, that, like, that was huge love that Jesus mm -hmm. showed us on the cross because of that. That's appropriate for you know, once you're up in those kind of middle school, high school, maybe the mm -hmm. upper elementary ages even, um, but they're not going to wonder at it when they're younger. They're going to think like, that doesn't make sense. Like that doesn't, mm -hmm. I, I don't understand that. So to take it really slow and to say, well, you can say, you know, he died on a cross, he died, he died on a cross, he died a painful death on a cross, you know, it can mm -hmm. kind of build as they get older. Um, but to be able to take those those stories and to know that that's okay, that that's what a developing face looks like. Yeah, because I think like for adults knowing what it was actually like, it's important to know that like, yeah, he bore our sin in a painful, excruciating death, a death that was, you know, that was reserved for like the worst of criminals in that time. And, but for a child, that doesn't mean anything to them. And so to know that it's there and it's important for an adult Christian, but it's not necessarily important for a younger child to know that. And I think when we talked about um, in our episode of suffering, we talked about knowing the sensitivity of your child. Like our son is quite sensitive to hard and big things and to pain. And so knowing and watching your own child to be like, how much can they handle? What is their capacity to absorb this emotion of someone else or the pain of someone else? at different stages. Yeah. And I even think for adults, even that kind of like gory reality is might be something hard for us to kind of understand. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Make sure. How do you start talking about Jesus or God and the Bible at home? Mm -hmm. And what would you say to a parent who kind of wants to just leave it up to the church? Mm. <laughs> I would say, please talk about it at all. Please don't just leave it to the church. You have so many more hours than we have. Um, it's, I mean, I liken it to if a parent told me like, hey, so once a week I take my kids to an all-you-can-eat buffet 
and I feed them. And then, you know, we might do snacks on Wednesday, but like, then that's just what they eat for the week. Like you wouldn't do that to your kids. You wouldn't like, that would be, people would be like, that's crazy. Um, So if faith is important to you, then Mm -hmm. you wouldn't do that with faith. Like you would continually um, find ways that you're feeding them, integrating that uh, throughout the week. So I think just talking about it at home, I think some families are, are intimidated a little bit because mm-hmm. a lot of parents weren't raised that way. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't raised that way. I was never taught. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't come by this because, oh, my parents showed me how to do mm-hmm. this. Um, in fact, I remember when we took my oldest son, we were bringing him to the church to be dedicated. I was the children's pastor at the church. And I was in tears as I was going to the church. So I thought, I don't know how to do this. I have a degree in children's ministry. And I'm about to make a vow in front of God and a group of people to point this kid's toward, kid towards Jesus mm-hmm. and to hope that someday he'll make a decision to follow Jesus. And I'm not sure I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I remember my husband like reaching over in the car and being like, we're going to figure it out. Like, it's going to be okay. And you do know more than you think, you know. So I think mm-hmm. for parents to to have that confidence that like, you do know more than you think, you know, um, but always like there's kind of a little hierarchy when you're teaching kids about God. It's like, if you know the Bible, then you know the theology, which is, you know, who God is. And then you help kids learn their identity because they're made in the image of God their identity will inform their beliefs and their beliefs will inform their behavior. And Mm -hmm. so if you continually are teaching your children who God is and what God has done and parents, like, you know, this, like, you know, this, if you're following Jesus, you know who God is and what he's done. And Mm -hmm. so to attribute those things to him just throughout the day uh, in your daily life, in your conversations to, to pray, um, to open your Bibles in front of your kids, to talk to them about things is simple and just can become rhythmic without Mm -hmm. becoming prescribed. Like Mm -hmm. we have to sit down and do this 30 minute Bible study. Um, But instead just kind of taking those times throughout the day to continually point your children to God so that they see who he is. And then relating that then to things that you see in them. Those are really easy ways to start teaching your kids about who God is and to make it appealing to follow Jesus. Cause I mean, they can, make a decision for Christ because they feel like it's the right thing to do. But I want kids to make a decision for Christ because they, they are so drawn to him that it's yeah. irresistible. If you had maybe one takeaway for every maybe age ish group that you're like, if you came to church today, this is what I want each group to take away today. And every Sunday, every Sunday, I want you to take away this one thing what would that be for each group oh <laughs> i mean i think the overall like there's there's an overall right of like you are known and loved by god and if mm-hmm. if every kid walked out of our ministry saying like i'm known and loved uh by god who created me like that i would be fully satisfied um knowing that they know that that that's those are two things that they know about them. But as we kind of develop in our own, like with our littles, we want them to know, like, God knows your name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are loved. Our nursery volunteers, we want them to use the kids' names and talk about how they are loved by God, um, how much they are loved, how they're known, uh, and and that they are important um, to us and that they learn those trust relationships so that they learn that you can trust us and you can trust God. And overall, there's a bigger piece to this. Uh, I think with preschoolers, again, uh, 
I want them to know that they are known and loved by God, but I also want them to know the wonder of who God is and how there is this wonderful God that has created you and that knows you and loves you uh, and that they want to explore that their eyes would light up uh, at who God is and what he has done. And then with our elementary kids, I would want them to start really being able to, to explore who God is, to really wonder about God, to know that they are, uh, when they put their faith in Jesus, that they're led by the Holy Spirit. That's something that I don't think we talk about enough mm-hmm. in children's ministries is that like the Holy Spirit is a real thing mm-hmm. um, that lives inside of you when you put your faith and trust in Him. And so I think knowing the triune God, the God who you know, sees them, knows them, loves them and leads them is something that we talk a lot about with our elementary age kids. So I think if I were to break it down kind of per age group, I mean, I know those kind of build on mm-hmm. each other there and, and really the overarching is that they're known and loved. Um, those are, those are the things I want them to know. So how, how would you encourage parents to be honest when they like don't know right? The answer to a question or they don't know how to speak into, you know, something that uh, maybe a child has asked them or maybe a child is experiencing like, right? Like, like how can we make that like normal to be like, Hey, like, I don't, I don't really know the answer right now, but I can find out and actually follow through with that. Right. Cause it's kind of easy to be like, yeah, I'll find out, you know, just never do it. (laughs) But like, how, like, you know, like what, what what would you be encouragement? Um, for parents. Yeah, I I would say again just to to stop in those moments and be able to first of all appreciate that your child is having these questions. Like it is it is okay to stop and to take a breath. And it is okay to not feel like it's a reflection on you no matter what the question is. Sometimes I think as parents were like, "Ooh, I haven't taught them that or I, I should have mm-hmm. known that or anything." It's not a reflection on you. Uh, it's a reflection on you that your child is actually wondering about these things. Mm-hmm. And that's a good reflection. I hope you see that. I hope you're excited about that. And there's joy in that. Um, and I think there's that moment where you say, you know what? I'm not sure. Uh, and depending on the age, like if they're little, take a few minutes and wonder about it. Find out what the question really is. Sometimes they're asking that question and the question's not really the question. And so they're asking something and it's like, well, I wonder well, what do you think? Well, I know this Bible story, you know, so to start with kind of helping them to kind of think through, it's the scientific theory really, right? Going back, asking those questions. Um, And then getting your Bibles out, I think, especially as they're getting a little bit older, showing showing your kids, like, this is where I'm going to go to find the answer first, is I'm going to look in God's word and I'm going to help you. And as kids get older in those elementary ages, I tell parents, like, pull out, like, look it up, like Google it. Some things we wonder and some things we Google is something we say often (laughs) in the Wilson house. (laughs) And and so like, is this a wonder or is this a Google? Mm -hmm. Uh, And take some moments, be careful with your Googling though with (laughs) theological issues, please. (laughs) Please be careful with your Googling. Um, But then take the time to think, okay, is there someone, even ask your kids, is there someone who you can think of who might be able to help us answer this. Mm. Or, you know, I do have kids. I had a kid who came in one time with just a whole list of questions, (laughs) (laughs) all written on notebook paper. He had like worked so hard on this. And I'm like, all right, fire away. And I told her, I may not know all the answers, but I'm willing to sit with you and try to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes I might say to you, you know, I'm not sure 
um, that God has even revealed that to us yet. And that's yeah. okay too. Like, let's talk mm-hmm. about holding things in tension and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think just not being afraid of it, but knowing that you can seek out um, answers. So I have the benefit you've had uh, Clayton Keenan and mm-hmm. Randy Isola on. So <laughs> I quite frequently will send kids that way. Yeah. Um, or I'll have kids make videos for us. Sometimes we've had kids who've like, I'll be like, hey, to the parents, hey, can you record that on a video? And then between myself or Clayton or someone on the staff, uh, we'll watch the video and record a video back to them mm-hmm. and see, you know, if that's helpful for them as well. How do you, um, I think for us, what going into it, we, our child was a pandemic baby. And so, and also in the city of Chicago was much more um, shut down than a, a lot of other places. And so we didn't take Trey to church for the first two years of his life because the church we were attending also wasn't taking kids under two. And I was like, well, I don't want to just like sit in a giant room full of children and not be able to hear the sermon. So we watched church from home. And um, so when he first started coming to Christ community, that was our first experience, you know, dropping our son off at church. And thankfully we had the experience of, you know, doing it at a daycare. So it was a similar, like, we're going to come back and get you. We're just gone for a little bit. These people are going to take care of you. But how do you talk to parents of younger children of this is not just daycare. This is not just drop your kids off so that you can go do something else. Like what would you say to parents to help them understand the importance of younger children being in church too? Yeah. Yeah. We have a full room. I always say there's like a room of kids that are about three years old right now that we call them pandemic years old. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, they're, they're just not, they think differently. It's actually fascinating. It is a fascinating like project in sociology mm-hmm. or psychology or, you know, for someone uh, wiser than I, but uh, you know, for our parents, there's, there's proven like studies done that say the most successful Future adults are people who have three or more non-parent adults in their lives mm-hmm. who are repeating the same things that are happening at home, that are repeating some of those positive messages, and specifically in this case, faith messages, right? Mm-hmm. So for a parent, I tell them, like, we have a built-in support system for you. We have a, a group that you want to add to your child's circle. You want to keep widening their circle as they get older so that they learn, like, who are the people that are trustworthy? Who are the people mm-hmm. that I can go to? And so to see your kids come into the nursery as a, even those little tiny, those infants, like to watch the trust that happens when Mm -hmm. parents hand their children over the counter to us, we do not take that for granted. But then for our leaders to to be able to hold them, our volunteers, to be able to pray over these little ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when my son, the very first time I left my oldest son in the nursery, he was like, five weeks old. Like we just, we went for it. I was a children's <laughs> pastor. I had interviewed all these people and background checked them. So like I was, <laughs> I was good with it. And I handed him over the counter to a woman named Susan. Susan took him and she was just delighted. She mm. was delighting in him. Like it was so fun to see someone else delight in my child, yeah. the way that I was delighting in them. And so to let someone into that and to see the way that she ministered to her mm-hmm. in that moment. Sometimes I like to just tell parents, like, I realize this is hard for you to leave your child mm-hmm. with someone, but there is also beautiful benefit in this person who's been called to minister to children and you are like allowing them to live out what God has called them to do. 
Uh, and after I picked him up that day, that's what Susan said. She's like, you know, I've had a hard relationship with my son lately mm -hmm. and to sit and to hold him and to pray for, for, for Jeremiah was just really, really special. Um, she now 22 years later, she actually messaged me the other day about just how much that had meant to her. And I was oh, able to God. say like, you're forever a part of his story because mm -hmm. you were the first person to help him understand that he could trust people at church. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want my kids to know that forever. And Jeremiah now at 22 years old, volunteers in his church at college, wants to go into elementary education because mm -hmm. he volunteered at church as a you know young person. And so I just, I think there is a lifetime of faith that starts in those moments of trust where a parent is ready to allow us mm -hmm. to be a part of their circle. Yeah, I think I think some something that's impacted us as parents is we've had several weeks where we were sick and then Eddie was on trips and it was just like, I work at four o'clock in the morning. And so it was like, I'm not able to get out of the house without Eddie here to go to church. And then we were, you know, sick. And so we were gone for like a month or something from church mm -hmm. and we came back and Trey's teacher and teacher Neil said, we've missed you guys. Where have you been? And like Christ community church is a big church. There's like a billion children. <laughs> Multiple services. Yes. And he knows, and he knew that we were gone for several weeks and he noticed it right away and was like, Hey, we've missed you. Where have you been? We're so excited to have you back. And even just as parents, how welcoming and supportive that feels of this person loves my child. It's a different person that loves my child and is excited to be with him and wants to be with him and teach him and to teach him about Jesus. And Teacher Neil is a name that comes up often in our house <laughs> through the week. <laughs> I love that. Teacher yeah. Neil is fantastic. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> we have to leave him this week, but that's okay. We'll be all right. I know. We'll be all right. So while recording this episode, we received a live question. And that question was, Courtney, over your 11 years, are the questions changing or are they relatively the same? Uh, again, in, in your experience within the last 11 years? Yeah, um, I would say the questions are changing. The ultimate answer and what they're looking for probably is not, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I think the questions when they were, you know, I mean, I've been in children's ministry now. I've been 11 years at Christ Community, but in children's ministry for over 20 years, probably my son's 22, so probably like 22 years um, in the church, 23 years in churches uh, and churches of various sizes and various types of communities. So anything from a small town to a larger, more metropolitan area, different parts of the country. And I would say like the questions, you know, 20 years ago were felt similar maybe in some ways. I think the more recent questions uh, are very much more social issue related. Uh, we get lots of questions about things kids are learning about in school, things that they're experiencing um, in school, and a lot more in recent years, like anxiety. I have so many kids that are struggling with anxiety right now, probably post-pandemic, um, lots of, of referrals to counselors mm -hmm. and therapists. But I think, you know, ultimately all of those questions, they're really looking for kind of that core of like, who is God and why would I want to follow him? Yeah. Um, I think that's become more apparent in, in recent years because I do think the social kind of issues of the day make kids think like, is this really something I want to follow as they mm -hmm. start getting older? 
Um, but it's really that reassurance of like, who is God and why, why would I want to follow him? Like, what mm-hmm. would that, why would, why is that even of benefit to me? Um, and I think that's, again, I'm talking more kind of those questions that come in in those elementary ages, uh, when they were 20 years ago, the questions were probably a little more focused on, um, a little more just kind of practical, like, um, even more based in whatever we were learning about those kinds of things. I think I see kids now asking questions that maybe are a little more related to their world and their lives, um, a little more related to, you know, where is God in the midst of mm-hmm. suffering and things mm-hmm. like that, which you guys have addressed, but really like, why do I feel worried about things or mm-hmm. how can God help me in my worry? Or, you know, when they're asking me things at school that I don't necessarily agree with, or mm-hmm. I've heard different, I'm hearing different things at home. Um, how do I respond to that? What does that look like? And, and what does this relationship with God have to offer me in those situations? Without taking probably a, too much of a deep dive, like how, <laughs> like what do you think the impact of like culture and like social issues is having on our children nowadays, right? And in relation to, you know, their relationship with Christ or them going to church, I guess, generally speaking, like, right? Like what, because again, like you said, like 20 years ago, like we weren't really mm-hmm. in the midst of culture issues that like how we're now or even like social issues, right? So like, what do you think generally is like, what kind of impact do you think that's having on the younger, you know, on the younger generation? Yeah. I think you have to remember 20 years ago, they weren't getting as much information either. Mm. So now you've got parents who are seeing it on, you know, social media, online, um, watching YouTube videos. There have been some really like high, you know, high impact elections and, Mm -hmm. you know, political things that have happened. And kids were in their homes, not able to go places and hearing their parents, like basically, you know, say their opinions on things, watching different videos, all of these different things. And, you know, anger feels active. And so at a time in our lives when things didn't feel very active, we had some people who were pretty active. Um, And some of those things, I think, happened with little eyes watching them. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of those social issues is our kids are more aware um, because they have the ability to have more awareness. There's more information out there. There's more going on. They're hearing more of it. Uh, They're seeing their parents go to, you know, school board meetings and and speak out for or against things. Mm Um, and I think it is impacting their faith and the way they see the world. So it's happening in their homes. And then they're coming and saying, okay, church, like what's, how do I process this? What is this look like? Yeah. I think something several people have used in our conversations on this, on this podcast is they say it's caught, not taught, which I had never heard until we started talking to these people, which I love. <laughs> and um, I think our kids, you know, catch our emotions I mean, that's like very well researched, like if they fuel off of our emotions. But we were in a pandemic for two, three years where a lot of parents had a lot of anxiety, whether you were just having a child like we were. And we had a lot of anxiety just because it was like, I have a literal tiny, tiny baby. And there's all these like germs everywhere. (laughs) And like it was before we really knew a lot about COVID. And so we were anxious about that. 
But then for like older kids too, who are really seeing their parents worry and anxiousness or frustration with family that dealt with it differently. And it's kind of like, no wonder they're coming out feeling anxious and more worried than generations before. Because we all had like this collective, like big traumatic thing happened to us and had to deal with it in like our own different ways. So I've, I'm take a lot of caution and like, okay, how am I interacting in this situation? And I'm being watched. Like you said, like there's little eyes on us and having to be aware of what am I doing and saying and how am I acting and like regulating my own emotions first before I even try to start with him which is really hard, but I have to be aware of like, what am I giving off that he could be catching from us? Yeah. Yeah. On a, on a lighter note. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm a big sports fan. Um, I love baseball. So oftentimes I do watch baseball with Trey and he <laughs> wants to sit there and watch it with me. <laughs> and, uh, when my team does great, you know, I'm cheering and <laughs> And he's like, <laughs> again, it, it ties into like how, you know, kids are watching us and uh, like watching like how we react to things and our emotions. And, you know, I make a gesture. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, and then and then like I sometimes throughout the day I hear him saying, oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like if our team's doing bad, I'm like, come on, man. Really? And then uh, sometimes I'll hear him in the other room. Come on, man. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all that to say, again, like the the little eyes watching us thing is, is becoming a lot more real yeah. in our house as Trey's getting older. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you, what is your advice for parents who these cultural things are so new and they're not things that we've dealt with before and they feel scared to like raise their children today? Like what's your advice for a parent who's feeling anxious or scared to raise kids today? Yeah, I I hear that a lot. Actually, yeah. there are a lot of there's just a lot of fear. Um, and I would say, like, really, truly, like, lean into your church, lean into the mm -hmm. people who want to love your kids to Jesus the same way you want that to happen. Mm -hmm. There are times when we just need other people around us, people to to speak truth into our kids' lives, people to speak truth into our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to sit with a mom who's worried and and fearful. Uh, I love doing that. I love to pray for somebody who who feels that way. I want people to love being parents. I want people to find joy in that. And mm -hmm. so uh, lean into those people around you and let them help you find strength in that. Let them help you find some freedom from that too, from mm -hmm. that fear um, to just sit with people who can walk you through that and walk you into that. And we're willing as a church, I think I would speak for most children fasters to say, we get it. And we know that sometimes like it is, it's scary to yeah. bring your kid to church. It's scary to have those moments. And we're willing to work with you on that because we, we want to see this for you. We want to live out um, our calling to make passionate disciples the same way mm -hmm. we want you to live out that calling too. And so we will sit with you. We'll pray for you. We'll walk with you through those things. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a question come in for the parents of uh, young children, toddlers, which I can greatly resonate with. If I didn't know I didn't write it, I would wonder if I wrote this. How do you get your children to listen to you? How do you get their attention and, you know, get them really to engage with what you're trying to say? 
Yeah, that's <laughs> maybe there's two sides to that, right? There's like the discipline, like how do I get my child to listen to me? Yeah. It's like me, like how do I get my child to listen to me? Um, I was told this story by my oldest, who again is the great experiment, right? So I'm, I talked about him more because your oldest is always your great experiment. But uh, I thank him often for being the great <laughs> experiment as a 22 year old. And thank you for letting me learn with you. But there was one time when I was like, man, I'm going to be that parent. I'm, I'm going to speak like the blessings of the Lord over this child right now. And I took his little head in my hands and I, you know, start telling him that, you know, Jeremiah, you are so loved by God. And, and I'm telling him all of these things, like all the intensity in the world. And he's, you know, patiently, quietly looking at me, little eyes, you know, and I'm like, this is such a great moment. And he looks at me and he goes, mommy. And I'm like, oh, wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming back to me. Right. And he's like, kind of fruit sack now. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Indeed. Yes. You can actually, you can 100% have a fruit sack. Um, and I'm not even going to be like, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right. Like, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to give you the fruit sack and you're going to, it's going to be fun. Uh, and so I think sometimes like we have to take that moment and be like, okay, is this the time that I need to have this conversation with them? Um, and also kind of in that disciplinary way, like making sure that we're not using, you know, any any faith formation as any way to like bludgeon mm. in our disciplining as well. Like just being careful that the ways that we talk about God and the times that we talk about him are ways that they're ready to listen Mm-hmm. Uh, and also knowing that sometimes they may not listen and that's okay. There's still words that are being spoken in your home. They're going to continue to hear those things being spoken or those songs being sung or mm-hmm. whatever that is that you're just going to continually talk about those things. And it is the surprise when your child then pops out with something that you're like, wait, I totally said that and I did not think you were listening. Mm-hmm. But obviously there was something there. Um, I'm a firm believer that God sets eternity on the hearts of our kids and that when they're ready, they will start responding to that. And especially mm-hmm. the ways that that we shepherd them towards it. So I think the listening thing, they are listening. <laughs> I guarantee yeah. you they're listening. Uh, they may not be responding the way you want them to. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's where, again, as a parent, you have to remove yourself and your own self-worth mm-hmm. out of it and be able to say, like, that's okay. This is This is not about me, I'm doing everything yeah. I can and relying on the Holy Spirit as I point them towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. But they may not every time have, you know, exactly that attention span that you're looking for. Yeah, we're currently living with my parents and they host a small group at their house every week. And just recently, uh, Trey said to me, Gigi and Pops have their friends over and they talk about Jesus. And I was like, yeah, but like, how did you know that? <laughs> like, I've never said that to you before, but apparently, you know, my parents have said that to him and he gets it. And now he like talks about it often. He's like, oh, Gigi Pa's friends coming over. They talk about Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. And so they're listening, even if you think you're just like saying and passing or you're just saying it to like frame what's happening with your day. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want you to know, Gigi and Pop's friends are coming over and they're going to talk about Jesus. He's like, oh. And he remembers it later and is telling it back to me a hundred times. But yeah, they do listen even if they ask for fruit snacks or popsicles afterwards. Yes. <laughs> or tell you about like an ant on the ground. <laughs> Whatever. Yes. Courtney, thank you so much for your 
time and your wisdom and sharing with us and a personal thank you from Eddie and I for your ministry with um, even our son and the children at Christ Community Church. We've been truly blessed to have this be our first church where Trey is going to church with us and experience that and be so welcomed and so loved and be so happy to go to church. He talks about it throughout the week and Mm -hmm. asks, when are we going to church? So thank you for your ministry and for all that you've done um, to develop your leaders and your volunteers. It's, it is impactful. So I hope you know that and hear that. Um, And we're, we're grateful parents that are part of your ministry. Uh, We usually like to end with a benediction. So Eddie will leave that for us. Yeah. So if you just uh, join us in that to him, who is able to do far more than we can understand. May he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you, Courtney. And thank you to the listener for joining us this week. Episodes drop every Wednesday. So we will see you next Wednesday. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and give us a review so that you will see us next Wednesday. Bye.